Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we have a special uh, Anaheim Mighty Ducks podcast show for you. Uh, according to ESPN, that's the uh, the Ducks uh, name again. Uh, they brought it back during the expansion draft show. So we're going to cover that. we got the entry draft to talk about. We have free agency to go over. Uh, just tons and tons of league news uh, to get to as well. Plenty of stuff to dive into. Uh, Eichel back, uh, you know, more news with him and what's going on. It, it just came, uh, keeps seeming to elevate. So we'll dive into all that. Um, Eddie, I know it's been a little bit of a time since we talked last. Nothing uh, what's much. Going pretty on much you? the same thing. Uh, work, hockey, gym, uh, going out more, my friends, enjoying life. Um, yeah, I remember I was complaining. I was playing on, what, seven, eight hockey teams last season. I wanted to cut it down. But nope. I keep saying Mr. Yes Man, now I'm on four teams again, so my schedule's kind of busy, which I kind of like. It's, it's, it's better than just uh, not doing anything at all, staying home for like two weeks in a row, during like we did during the quarantine. But yeah, having a good time, looking forward to uh, talking some hockey, seeing some hockey going on, the expansion draft, NHL draft, so looking forward to getting uh, real hockey back, getting a whole full 82 game schedule, be able to go to games with you and hang out with you more and seeing like everyone else at the games. I love seeing you guys, talking to you. So I'm really looking forward to that. I can't wait to get started. And also, like I said, Mike is just joking about the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. I don't want everyone going crazy listening to that first line. Oh my God, Ducks and Pucks rumor. They're going back to the Mighty Ducks. So <laughs> she got to throw it out there before someone reads into that wrong. But looking forward to this show, looking forward to getting back to the groove of things with the 82 game schedule. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and you're right. This last week or so, it's just craziness with all kinds of news uh, going on with the Ducks and around the league. So we'll break it all down. And yes, the 82-game season is coming back. And yes, it's the Anaheim Ducks, not the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. But uh, as we'll get into right now in the uh, Seattle Expansion Show, they uh, talked about that. And uh, it was kind of a crack up. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I I was kind of underwhelmed by the Seattle expansion draft. Uh, a lot of things, I guess, didn't happen that we thought might have happened. There weren't really any of these crazy side deals like with Vegas. Um, you know, that time it seems like they, they said that the GM, um, you know, that other GMs learned from that. So there wasn't as many deals. Also, the flat cap kind of an issue. But it was kind of weird. Uh, I, it was kind of underwhelming to me. I, I was surprised uh, that they didn't take a lot of big-name players that were out there, Eddie. Um, before we get into the duck part of it, uh, what did you think overall of the expansion draft? To, to me, I, I honestly, I thought it was kind of boring, sadly. I think the biggest loser was at ESPN. Uh, they, their first kind of television thing since they got this contract back with NHL, and they kind of dropped the ball, in my opinion. We'll, and we'll go over that a little bit more later. But, yeah, I was really surprised um, of the lack of deals. But, like you said, teams learned already, so it wasn't going to be – a big old shit show of trades and teams panicking like last season. Also, uh, I was uh, reading prior to the this, this expansion draft that Seattle was requiring uh, a first round pick from any team for them not to take a certain player or for like salary cap retention uh, during the expansion draft. So I think that scared off a lot of teams because the first round pick is kind of a big deal. And to give up that not to protect certain player or take certain players, that that's kind of going to be hard. And if you add a player that you want them to take your cap, it's going to cost you more. So... 
think that's what was like the reason why the lack of deals that happened or actually no deals that happened until after but yeah it, it was it was fun to watch something with hockey too and i like the creativity of seattle trying to do that maybe it was a little bit overzealous but it was kind of fun to watch it's something different so we have to give them credit for that and they're, they're kind of defining their own identity like vegas did coming out with their social media team and and how they were so i think seattle's kind of doing that and i think they did a pretty a decent job um I want to say the biggest winner, too, was Kevin Weeks. I think he absolutely nailed it. He was fun. Uh, Kevin Weeks is, like, one of my favorite analysts out there. Uh, he just he makes it enjoyable and fun, him going around. I think he went around everywhere in Seattle that he can possibly go. So that was fun to see, too. Yeah, you're right. You know, for me overall, I, I, I just thought it was kind of dry for me. I, didn't, I wasn't that into it. But you're right. Kevin Weeks did make it. Uh, for sure, at least bearable on my end to watch. So that part was as good. And we'll see he comes into play uh, later in the show because uh, you all know that a certain uh, Captain Getzloff's back, uh, though there was some drama with that that we'll get to later in the show as well. Um, so on the Ducks' perspective with this, there were some surprises. Uh, Murray went with the 7-3-1 option to protect players. It kind of leaked out early that it was going to be Fowler, Lindholm, and Manson on defense. We knew Gibson and goal. We talked about that. That wasn't too much of a surprise uh, as far as what Murray did. But then when it got to the forwards, things got kind of crazy because he went with seven. Uh, we expected Jones, Raquel, Steele, and Terry, and Lundstrom uh, to be in there if he went with the seven. That wasn't really a shocker. But then he also protected Silverberg and Delorier. And that got everybody talking because you all know Silverberg had surgery. He has a high cap hit. His, his deal is similar to Henrique's. So we had talked about Eddie and I. We thought Silverberg would be exposed just like Henrique, thinking that Seattle wouldn't take him. But nope, Murray protected him. And then the bigger shocker, I guess, because a lot of people are freaking out, is that Delorier was protected. And then <laughs> I guess even a bigger shocker was uh, there's the NHL Morning Skate podcast and they were on there talking about how there was rumors that the Ducks could possibly get a first-round pick for D'Lo. So uh, that all kind of went nuts. I, I mean, I was I was surprised at, you know, what Murray had done with this option. Not that he went 7-3-1. and one. That wasn't a complete shocker. But that he protected D'Lo and Silverberg. And then, you know, just these rumors about the Ducks that they could get a first-round pick for D'Lo. And I was like, what the hell? Uh, what, did, what did you think, Eddie? Because there's a little bit of chaos when the list came out. And then the value for D'Lo being, you know, ranked so high allegedly and people just kind of, you know, just overall going like, what the hell's going on with this? Uh, you know, that part kind of set me back before the uh, actual uh, expansion. That's awesome. My boy, freaking D'Lo, he's getting protected. No, but you know what? Honestly, I don't think, uh, I don't know, if if they would have protected Flurry instead of D'Lo and went a different route. I, I don't know if, if uh, Seattle would have taken him. They seem to be taking him with some more gritty guys. But it was, yeah, a big shocker that he was uh, he was protected. But, you know, what? good for him. I, I'm pretty sure he has a, a big chip on his shoulder. His uh, head got a little bigger from being protected. And a first-round draft pick for him, if anyone, any team in, in the whole league wants to give that for D'Lo, take it, like 100%. Uh, you, you, everyone saw Ryan Reeves get traded to New York. He got fetched a third-round pick, and that's pretty good for a fourth-line uh, enforcer type of player because that's what Ryan Reeves is. Delo's more of that that third line grinder center that like, can still produce some kind of offense, but I think he's he's still like one of the best fighters in the league. 
So if we can get a third round pick for him and maybe a, a something a little bit more, I mean, that's, that's a big win for the Ducks. Would I want to see him go? Absolutely not. He's one of my favorite players on the Ducks. But that's just like really shocking that uh, that they protected him. And, and then us hearing that he can possibly get a first round pick from uh, one of the other podcasts. So that was kind of crazy. Yeah, when I heard that too, just like all of you out there about the first round pick, everybody, you know, we all had the same expression like, uh, are they smoking crack on that show over there? Like, what what's going on on that podcast over there? What those guys are talking about the morning skate. I'm like, um, I don't know. Getting a draft pick, of course, first round. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, and everyone knows how much uh, we like D'Lo on this show, and I'm with Eddie on that too. I mean, if you can get a first round pick for D'Lo, uh, yeah, you should do that. Which we know that's not going to happen, but that was pretty crazy. Uh, I'm with you though, as far as like with Reeves getting traded. You know, D'Lo's more of a third, fourth round pick at best if you're talking about something like that. Uh, you know, a first round pick's pretty crazy. Even a second round pick would be crazy uh, for him to get picked up, you know, on that. So I, I thought that was interesting. And then we put out our poll question, you know, once the list came out, who we thought was going to get picked. Everybody put Flurry, which is pretty much what we thought once this list came out. That's what happened. I'm not really that upset. I mean, this isn't a Vegas scenario. It's not like we're we're losing a huge, you know, Shea Theodore type player. But the thing that is kind of frustrating for me is that we did trade Hockenpah away and a draft pick for Flurry. So, in essence, we are kind of losing more than one player. Uh, basically, um, I, I still think the Ducks could have protected Flurry. They might have been able to expose. Uh, Fowler if they wanted to we talked about that with his big cap hit we didn't think they were going to take him either so I, I think that they could have done that and uh, gone that route but they didn't or maybe they could have adjusted it with uh, the forwards and stuff and they could have done the eight and one scenarios we talked about because if you leave off D'Lo and Silverberg you're down to five forwards now and then it probably would have come down to uh, Steel or Jones, like we had talked about in previous shows, and they could have done something like that. Uh, but I guess Murray was worried about losing the forwards, so he opted to go seven three and one. So not a not a big loss for the Ducks uh, losing Flurry in this. You know, I, I wasn't really too upset about the way the expansion draft went down. Just just kind of some of the surprises there was Silverberg and D'Lo being Yeah, there. it was kind of odd too because no one knew what Seattle was going to do and they went an opposite route. They didn't take some of the best players they could have. They missed the Tarasenko's. They could have took some of the uh, the bigger names. I know they were talking uh, to Gabriel Landeskog's camp prior to this expansion draft to see if they can get a deal done and possibly take him. But it was just interesting to see some of the, the, the choices they, they made. It seems like they have uh, a different strategy than Vegas did. Vegas wanted to take the best player possible to have that contending team, and they made the Stanley Cup final their first, uh, you know, their first season. But I think teams are going to look at it differently. Obviously, Vegas is a different, a different city, a different place, a British atmosphere, and you have the Vegas flu, which everyone knows what that means. Players are going to Vegas, playing an expansion team. They're going to think it's easy. And Vegas kind of exploited that, took advantage of that right away. Seattle knows that it's going to be different with them. Teams are smarter. They're not going to underestimate them. They're going to come out hard and they're coming out firing. And it's Seattle. It's not a big old party town like Vegas. So I think they had to be smarter in their choices and kind of prepare to elevate their future more than try to win a cup as fast as they can. So I think they did it a different way. 
it's nothing wrong with the way they're doing it because they're poised to get some higher draft picks in the next few seasons. And I was expecting them to to be that contending team to make the Stanley Cup final or, or to win a cup in the next couple seasons. But they're going to just kind of build off the team they have and try to uh, kind of utilize all the cap space they do have and get more draft picks and build their team that way. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, we talked about this before the show, that uh, like with the A's and they did the whole small ball type thing where they went with uh, baseball players with the uh, you know on-base percentage, slugging percentage. They weren't necessarily going after all-stars with home runs and, and things like that. And that's kind of what they did here. They didn't go after Tarasenko, like you mentioned, uh, big-name player, high offense, right? They, they could have gone for like a Carey Price type, uh, Freddie Anderson. Um, you know, they left some of these bigger-name players off the board. They, I know that they looked at the analytics, so they're looking at the puck possession, um, especially in the offensive zone and five-on-five five and different things like that. So it kind of seems like they're going more that direction. And I'm with you. There's nothing wrong with it. I just thought it was interesting that they didn't at least try to grab a couple big-name players because they were out there and teams you know, left them hanging, basically. And I know some of them had injury issues here and there and some of the names that we're talking about and some, some didn't. But... Um, It'll be curious to see. It seems like uh, with them being obviously in the Ducks Division 2, I don't really expect them to do as well um, like Vegas has in the beginning for the first couple seasons. I think Seattle is, is maybe trying to start out a little bit slower like you talked about and build up later on. So we'll see how it works out. I, I think some things did go against them. You know, the economy and the flat cap basically. Um, GMs being wise to what happened in the, the previous expansion draft. So I think some of those kind of slow down things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're here. It'll be interesting. According to ESPN, we're the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. And, uh, you know, we also went on our buddy show, Mike, on uh, Seattle Sports Diaries um, right after. And uh, if you listen to it, uh, there was a little bit of drinking on that show and a little bit of us uh, going off about about certain things on there. We talked about the, the draft, too, which we'll get into in a little bit. But if you have a chance to, to check out his show, I just want to give them a shout-out because um, we did go on there and talk about the expansion draft. And and we uh, go uh, into the, the – date. well, it was the first round pick, basically, that we talked about for the Ducks because that's when we did the show. A little bit of drinking. I did a so. lot of bit of drinking. We, I took – I don't know how many shots with his co-host, too, like uh, live. That was freaking awesome. I was pretty lit on that show. It was cool. Thank you for the invite and definitely check them out. But it was a really fun fun show to do. And, well, like I try to keep some certain composure on this show. But the other show, co-host, I asked, uh, I asked Mike over there on the other show – Hey, do you mind? He goes, no, just drink ahead. Let's let's do it. It's like, okay, cool. So you might hear a little bit of slurring from me, but uh, had to keep my glasses on too because I was kind of lit from the night before. But it was a really fun show to do. It was fun. So I was uh, I was kind of uh, honored to be on their show too, especially with with Mike Walters too. Like just like both of us be on there. So it was pretty fun. Yeah, we we did a little different uh, deal on that show for sure. <laughs> I went off a little bit too on there too about certain things. So I kind of let loose. So if you want to hear me unfiltered and Eddie unfiltered, you can go on that show <laughs> and check it out. But um, yeah, so Seattle's here. They did their thing. And then uh, we had the uh, entry draft uh, coming up. And the Ducks, we won't go... I mean, I will mention the picks. won't really dive into all of them. I... I I was so busy that day cranking out the articles for you guys uh, on day two, that is, 
uh, with all of them. So I, I went over all these scouting reports and threw in all the stuff in there so you guys can go back and read all those. We'll just kind of go over it in general, uh, how the Ducks did. Uh, we were talking about the first round pick. You know, Matty Beneers was the one that I wanted. And, of course, Seattle took him second, so I was kind of bummed out about that. The Ducks did take uh, Mason McTavish as their first round uh, uh, pick, third overall. And it's not a bad pick at all. Uh, I thought maybe Eklund would be one of the other ones that they would go for if Beneers was not there, but they went with McTavish. Um, this guy is 6'1", almost 200 pounds, uh, plays center. Um, you know, he's got good offense. Uh, cre can create scoring chances, a solid shot, uh, logs a lot of ice time, um, and he can play center and wing. That's a big thing that you know I, I harped on that last show that that I like. I you know having players that can play multiple positions offensively, I always think that that's huge, especially with this Ducks team because they have tons of centers now, um, and with Getzloff coming back as well, and this guy. Um, so I like it. And they just said, you know, I put in some cons in there in the articles. It's not to slam any of the players. I'm just going by the prospect reports and throwing out the info in there. They just said that he needs to kind of work on his transition game, neutral um, zone game and his passing um, there. So that, that's kind of the take on him. Um, but I, I was happy overall on, on day one with this pick, Eddie. A little bit of a surprise. Like I said, I thought maybe there were a couple other people that uh, – Thomas and Logan talked about in their articles. McTavish was one that was not so much on the radar, but he's the one that they went with uh, for their first pick. Yeah, what did um, you think? I was listening to Spit and Chicklets podcast too, and they were talking about how he's a little bit of a like a spicy player too. He adds that 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 little uh, bit of physicality, and they mentioned uh, kind of a if he can turn into a Max Comtois kind of player that can that can score, but then be like nasty at times. Uh, that, that's always a, a plus and positive, especially for me. I like those players like that. I think that's why you got to have success in the league. Look at uh, the Kachuk brothers. Uh, they play with that, that kind of nastiness and that edge, and but, but they get the job done. So I think uh, with Tim, I think he compliments, which a lot of people have said, Zegris. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess it's like, you know, the cons is passing, but if he can just finish the plays from Zegris, then, then really who needs a, a really 100% strong passer like that. But overall, it, it was a big surprise, but I'm glad we got him. I hope he develops to a player, a top player that we desperately need, and he can try to help the Ducks uh, bounce them back into a, a playoff contending team in the future because we definitely uh, are getting tired of being this like, last place team and not really uh, having a lot to be excited for. So it's going to be exciting, and we just have to wait and see, and hopefully uh, he turns into that kind of player that we all hope he does. Yeah, absolutely. And and the one question we had on him from Mario Melendez, he said, you know, will McTavish make his debut this year? I, I'm leaning towards no as of right now, but that could change. A lot of it really factors in the center position with the Ducks, which, we'll, again, we'll talk a little bit later in the show. But as you all know, Getzloff came back. Henrique is still on the team. You have Steele, Lundstrom, and Grant as well. So you have plenty of uh, you know centers there. I mean, McTavish can play wing, so I don't know if, like with Zegras, is that something that, like you said, they, he can compliment him? Will they put him on wing with Zegras at center and play? That that might change things a little bit. Or if the Ducks make another uh, you know move uh, this summer, I know that a lot of you ask questions about that. A lot of you are frustrated. We'll we'll get to that portion of the show too. So. I think it's a no right now, but that could change, obviously, with some of the things that happen along the you know the way. So, uh, good first overall pick. The Ducks then uh, basically they drafted a lot of uh, players by 
size on this time around. I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Reviewing all the players, most of the players were six feet tall or higher, uh, with the exception of their second-round pick, Owen Zellweger, and their very, very last pick in the sixth round, uh, Kyle uh, uh, Kakunin. So... Um, who's still in high school? So he's got some. Oh, you know, yeah, he's five ten, one hundred sixty-five pounds. He definitely you know, he, he, he's going to grow into a bigger frame. So yeah, and he's a younger, dude. So you know, with that, you know, I'm not really worried there. But all, all the rest of the players are huge, uh, big guys. Uh, you know, third they had Sasha Postajov at six four, or excuse me, six foot one eighty four uh, weight. Um, yeah, Tyson Hines, who they traded their third round pick next year for, he's at 6'3", 179. Fourth round was Joshua Lapina at center, 6'1", 193. Uh, fifth round, you had uh, Sean Ch- Chagall at 6'181". And then crazy, the fifth round, also this goalie, uh, Gage Alexander, 6'7", 217. Holy crap, Eddie, this, this guy is huge. What did you think about that? The Ducks take that goal, the only goalie they took. And you know what's funny, Mike? I, I want to say minus the goalie, that you're taller than all the draft picks that they uh, that they uh, picked up. I, I definitely <laughs> want to say that. <laughs> True. But um, yeah, you know that's actually I, I I was thinking too, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, or if if, if you guys listen to the show, um, you guys can like message us if, if I'm wrong, let me know. But I think this is like probably the biggest goalie that the Ducks ever had uh, as a draft-wise or part of their system in franchise history. I can't recall a goalie being that big that they picked up minus uh, Bobkoff. I think he was 6'5", maybe 6'6", maybe. But this is a pretty big goalie. Maybe they're uh, hoping he's kind of turns into like a, a Vala, uh, Andrew Valeski kind of goalie because Valeski 6'7". But yeah, his size is pretty big. Uh, he, he covers the net, and I see you wrote that, but... um. Hopefully he uh, he transitioned to something good. And usually the Ducks they're really good at, at getting goalies and starting a big goalie controversy between uh, between fans. So hopefully in the, in the in the future we'll see this guy being one of those goalies. Like oh, it's gonna be him versus him, and everyone fans are arguing about who's better and stuff like that. So knock on wood, but hopefully it turns out good for the Ducks. And and you never know he can be that Vasilevsky kind of goalie that can transition the Ducks. Uh, to a, a elite team and, and still even more games than Gibson does for them. Yeah, you know, what's interesting with him is, I, you know, when I'm going through day two and I'm cranking out these articles, you guys are watching the show and they're doing the second round, you know, they start early in the morning, it goes to later in the day and I, I'm researching all these people. As soon as they come up, you know, I'm looking up everything and I'm, I'm piling through all the um, scouting reports and putting everything together and all these players I found decent amount of information. This was the one player I didn't find a whole lot on. Uh, they, I guess last season he seemed to do pretty well the year before that he didn't play as well. And they said that, uh, some people didn't have him on their draft ranking at all for this draft because they said he was quote, a work in progress. They also said that he was inconsistent with his play, but there's not a lot of other stuff I I could find on him. It was kind of, you know, weird trying to look up, you know, the players, but I guess because he wasn't really on the radar on the draft at all is why there wasn't a whole lot about him. Um, so if any of you have more on him, please let me know. Uh, and yeah, verify what Eddie said. If he's the tallest goalie we drafted, I think Eddie's right on that. I don't recall someone being taller. 
Um, and, and Eddie's right. Yes, I am 6'4", so these guys are all shorter than me, which doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but th that is part, I, part of it. I noticed, too, I was laughing, like, looking at all these guys. But I, I like what they did. They went with size, Eddie. We, you know, we, we talked about that sometimes. They don't always go for size. And, I, you know, uh, to me, size does matter. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of other analytics and things like that to all matter too but i i do like that the ducks did go you know generally yeah, just, with, so with bigger players was a uh, six six but no i i just thought it was funny because you like you're saying ducks home with size but like you're taller than all of them like that's the only thing i thought was funny about that but uh yeah that kind of intrigued <laughs> me but I, you know, I i'll probably look it up do some more research if you like if you guys listen to the show and you find it before we do go ahead and uh, shoot us a dm or something we'll definitely post it and give you guys the credit for it but yeah, we definitely want to know. But I'm really, I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, since my my uh, Ducks fan stuff started when I was in '95, so there's two years that I wasn't a Ducks fan where I didn't really know about hockey. But yeah, if there's another goalie that's bigger than uh, than six seven or even that size, go ahead and let us know. Yeah, for sure. Get out your computers and research. Um, the one thing I thought was interesting in this draft was the second pick, Owen Zellweger, five nine one seventy five. Uh, good defensive player. They said two-way player. Uh, you know, can play both sides of the rink. Good passer. But then they said he has uh, issues sometimes getting caught too uh, deep on the ice. So he was the one that was under six feet tall, right? Out of all, all these, excluding uh, the high school guy uh, Kyle in the sixth round. But of all the other picks, um, you know, the size-wise, he was there. Uh, it seems it seems like it's still a decent pick in the second round. I don't I don't have too much of an issue. Um, with him, uh, he seems kind of maybe a Vatnin type player, which I'm okay with. But then in the third round, the Ducks traded a pick, uh, you know, for next season or next draft for this one. They take Tyson Hines, who's a, little, is a bigger guy, but I was reading the book on him, and it's kind of the same thing. Another two way player jumps up in the play, but then he can get caught up on ice and sometimes takes too much of a risk, uh, is what I've seen in some of the cons. So that was the only thing, if I had a, like a criticism of this um, draft, is I don't know why they traded that pick, pulled that kind of guy in who's a similar type player to their second round pick. I, I mean, I know they're not exactly the same, but just reading the book on it, my initial take on that, it just seemed interesting to trade to go get somebody that... I don't know if they necessarily need Tyson Hines in this draft. I mean, I hope he works out. I don't think he's necessarily a bad pick, but it seemed like they got two players that are kind of kind of similar there. You know, both the defensemen that they picked um, in here, you know, and the rest were uh, forwards and centers and whatnot. So that was the only thing for me I thought was kind of weird and why. Like, uh, I know we had a poll. A lot of you uh, went with A or B for the draft grade. Uh, it was like 34 35%, almost even. I threw C in there, which I didn't think a lot of people would vote for C, and not many of you did. But uh, a, a lot of you were split between A and B, and that's kind of where I felt. I, I think in the beginning, I thought the Ducks were like an A, A minus, uh, started out kind of strong. And then when they made this trade and picked him up, I thought, okay, what's going on here? And then obviously some of their fifth, sixth round picks are, are kind of questionable, but then again, it's a fifth, sixth round. So for me, I'm kind of in the A minus, B plus range. Um you know, I, I think they did go overall. I just, I don't know that trade for that one pick. I just, I don't, I'm not really yeah, sure how well, yeah, it's going to work out. But obviously, they they traded a pick to get him, so they see something in him that they really want, and they hope that he develops into something, uh, something with that they're willing to risk that 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 pick for. So uh, there's obviously something that, that scouts saw that we haven't that didn't really hit the radar for a lot of other teams. Uh, maybe they they called up 
um, teams before that. I, I'm not sure how scouts work, and I'm pretty sure they, they give each other a little bit of tips. Obviously, you're not going to give the best tips. Maybe it's someone that they thought they could fit the mold of the Anaheim Ducks, and Murray thought that's going to be something that he wants to incorporate in his team moving forward in the future. Hopefully not in the future for Murray, but uh, maybe that's something he wanted. Um, for as of like for me, I I probably give the Ducks a B, uh, just a solid B, no minus, no B plus, solid B on this draft. Uh, we're at the wait and see. So um, and I'm probably like copying a lot of other uh, people that are saying B too, but uh, hopefully it, it works out. Like you never know who you can get. That sixth round pick that that kid from uh, from high school can turn out to be a, a next superstar. You just never know what you're gonna get from this draft, and you never know who's. Who's gonna just pop up and be something different? Uh, maybe that third round pick that they traded and they got um, that defenseman for, uh, he turns out to be a, a top top pairing defenseman one day. I mean, we all hope that, we all dream of that, knock on like wood or anything. I don't wanna jinx anything, but it's just a chance you have to take. They took a gamble. I do like that gamble that they took trading for him. Uh, you never know how it's gonna work out. So hopefully he can work on some of the cons and build off all the pros that he has and becomes a, a hopefully a full-time NHL or at least, if not a, a, a top player, that'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, you do bring up a good point. I mean, obviously, they did have to see something to trade for him. They they must have, right before then, knew that this guy was available. They weren't going to get him in the fourth round, so they went out to get him. So there's uh, there's definitely some reason why he got in there. I just thought he was really similar uh, to the second round pick. So... Um, but, you know, the Ducks do draft well. Uh, Mike Madden does a great job. They're looking at this. This draft, too, was very different and very difficult. It's hard to evaluate it. Uh, you know, Thomas uh, replied to our poll question saying that, you know, he'll tell us in five years how they are because, you know, he does this, uh, you know, every five years later on, he'll he'll do a draft thing. He, we had the uh, 2016 one that he had put out right during this week. On everything, I always laugh when he says that, but it's true. I mean, you can't look at it right away. This year, I just put out that poll question to see. I think what's difficult has been, you know, this past season or year in general. Heck, the last two years at this point. But uh, you have teams that did not play in the minors. You had shortened seasons. Uh, therefore, you know, getting the scouting stuff on some of these was more difficult. Like I told you on, on Gage Alexander, I could hardly find anything on him. On the rest of the players, though, I, I put in all the stuff that I could pull off that I found was relevant, uh, especially in the top picks. If you didn't read the articles, there's video clips in there from um, Twitter or YouTube or whatnot uh, of different, uh, you know, highlight reel uh, action that they did. So you can go back and check all those. They're up there on ducksandpucks.com. So I was I was happy with the draft. Uh, you know, I thought, like I said, the Ducks did well. Overall, it seems like they've been drafting, uh, you know, pretty decently for the last uh, few seasons, and whatnot. So, you had all that—the expansion draft, the regular entry draft—and then we waited for free agency. What was going to happen with the Ducks? We kind of break down uh, what the team uh, or what Murray had done after all this. So, you know, with the RFA's, the restricted free agents, Murray gave offers to all of them except for uh, Dayton Heinen. He gave Comtois, Jones, Lundstrom, Mahura, and Steele all their uh, minimum offers, qualifying offers. Uh, we don't know exactly what those contracts will be yet. We haven't heard anything yet. We know that he didn't extend Heinen. That was not a surprise. Um, for Heinen, his minimum qualifying offer would have been $2.8 million. We knew Murray was trying to trade him earlier in the season. Uh, so I was not shocked with that one at all. 
And then he ended up going to Pittsburgh for $1.1 million um, one-year deal. So I, I don't think there's any surprises with the restricted free agents, uh, Eddie. Oh, no, like, not at all. Uh, Heinen, like we all know he was gone. Uh, he, uh, it seems like he never really got a, a full chance in Anaheim, so I'm not sure what happened and, and, and what put him in the doghouse. I think he had a decent season in Boston when he was over there playing that two-way, more of a defensive forward game. I think he could have been utilized more, but I have no idea what happened where, where he wasn't. And obviously a trade didn't happen. Um, and he, he got ended up just getting picked up by Pittsburgh. I wish him all the the luck over there. I think he'll he will thrive and he'll have a, a better season in Pittsburgh. They'll give him like that more opportunity to be uh, maybe that third line shut down third line center. But um, yeah, it was just uh, it was just kind of it was kind of weird that this whole season they didn't give him that chance and they didn't even like utilize him as much as they could have. Uh, Ducks had a, a big kind of a defensive problem and getting like, a lot of shots, a lot of goals scored on them. I, I think he could have been an asset, but it just it, it never really worked out in Anaheim for some reason. So like nothing. Like, I wish him nothing but the best. Like, he's a duck for life, like I say with every player. Yeah, I, 100%. I mean, that's that's what happened. I wasn't surprised that he was gone. I, I thought maybe the Ducks would try and bring him back for a lesser amount or something after they didn't do the extension, which they ended up not doing. So um, he was out. And then a bunch of other players actually left the Ducks, the, the unrestricted free agents. They've signed with other teams now. We know uh, Agazino went to Ottawa for one year. DeLeo went to New Jersey. Walensky went to Calgary. Uh, Rowney's still up in the air. He hasn't signed with anybody as of yet. And then Bacchus, we're pretty sure he retired, but there hasn't really been anything official or I haven't seen it yet. And then uh, Murray did uh, bring back Volkov for one year, just under $1 million. So th- that was good. I liked Volkov. Uh, it was good to see that. And then, of course, the big one was uh, Ryan Getzloff came back, which is kind of funny because we talked about this, uh, I don't know, right when the season ended and said it was pretty much going to happen. And <laughs> a couple days leading up to it, things got all crazy. There was that video clip of him talking about that there was an itch. He wanted to test free agency. And then our, our, our man, Kevin Weeks, that we were talking about the Seattle expansion draft, how he liked his commentary. He comes out on the day of free agency and says it's a done deal. Then it gets, you know, countered and says it's not a done deal. And it was up in the air. And then <laughs> finally it comes out it was a done deal. Kind of a crazy day on that free agency uh, with the Getzloff situation. What did you think about that, Eddie? I mean, we we pretty much thought he was going to come back. We heard from a few other people, too, that it was going to happen. And then it seemed like the day or two before that, uh, things got a little uh, cray-cray. Yeah, as let they me say, backtrack real situation. quick on the UFAs for the Ducks. Uh, Chase DeLeo, it's unfortunate they lost him. I think he was one of the heart and soul players of San Diego. Uh, is he, one of the, he was one of their leaders and played well over there. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't getting the opportunity to make the NHL for the Ducks. So uh, I, I wish him the best of luck, too. We almost had him on the show. Unfortunately, the logistics didn't work. Uh, he would have been a really good guy to have on, down-to-earth guy, uh, kind of a, a SoCal local kid. Loves animals, too, so definitely was <laughs> kind of touches me, too, uh, him loving animals. But, yeah, I wish him all the best in New Jersey. I hope he cracks the lineup and he becomes – kind of a semi-regular, a regular player in the NHL. Uh, Rowney, unfortunately, his injury, I, I think he was having a really good year and he would have uh, he would have been, you know, got a little bit more of a payday. So I, I still wish uh, him the best of luck too. I hope 
teams can see that the injury slowed him down, but he's still valuable, and I hope he gets signed to something and somewhere of a contract that he deserves. Um, as far as Getzloff, this is kind of bad to say. This is kind of hurtful to say because I like Getzloff. He's been our captain for a long time, and his number's going to be up in the rafters, but I was kind of hoping that he would sign with another team. I, I think he deserved the right to go and try to win a Stanley Cup, and it just that's just my whole thing of it. But I, I get it, his loyalty to the Ducks, and I, that's really appreciative. I love that, but I think he, he deserves the right to do that. He doesn't owe any uh, – the Ducks are the fans. Anything he's gave his heart and soul, his blood, his tears, his sweat to the team. Um, I, I was glad that he went and tested the free agency market. It's the first time in his career that he actually was able to experience that, so I'm glad he did that. I know he had interest and made some offers from uh, Montreal and Dallas. But, yeah, I, it's happy he signed uh, back with the Ducks, especially I just got a New Jersey with him on it. But um, I, I hope when it comes down to when the Ducks aren't in that position to make the playoffs that uh, he'll consider a trade to try to, uh, if it works for him and his family, uh, a trade elsewhere and, and try to go and chase the cup. I wouldn't even mind him going to Tampa with, with Perry and Tampa wins again and, and gets off and Perry can win, win a cup together again. I mean, th that'd be a, a fairy tale ending to their, their both their winding down careers. But yeah, I'm glad he's back with the Ducks and he's going to start the season with the Ducks. But it, it was just, uh, it, it was a whirlwind of emotions because fans were upset. People didn't know what was going to happen. Everyone's speculating on where he's going to go. The only thing I got mad about was reading articles or reading stuff about him going to Nashville because I would have lost my mind and punched a hole in my wall if that would have happened. But I, I'm glad he did what he did. I'm glad he came back. But I hope it, it's it's not the end of it. I hope he's not going to uh, – um, I don't know. I, I kind of hope he's not going to stay with the Ducks for the whole season. Like I said, I hope he – if the Ducks aren't in that position to be a playoff team and that trade deadline comes and it, it's okay with his family to, to leave for that half a season – um, and try to win a cup, and yeah, so be it. That, that's good for him. He deserves it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think part of it that kind of plays into this, which we found out later on, because I, I know some people were upset when the deal was announced uh, because of the amount. It was a one-year deal for $4.5 million. Well, we found out that it's really $3 million, and then there's $1.5 million that he can get uh, for a certain amount of games he plays. I haven't seen the specific amount of games. If any of you have seen it out there, I don't know. I, I haven't seen that posted on Cap Friendly or, or anywhere else. I, maybe we'll find out later from like Eric Stevens or something like that. But um, that may be part of it, uh, depending on what happens. Like how many games is it? If it's like 40 or 50 games, maybe, maybe you know not as much. I, I don't know. So that would be something to look at this season. And that's kind of where I was at too. When the deal came out, we talked about it. I was okay with bringing him back for like two, three million, three and a half million, something like that. To me, anything over four, I thought was too much. And so when it came out, I was kind of like, okay, he came back, but I'm like four and a half million. I was like, what? So I, I, I was one of those. If you were one of those that didn't like the dollar amount, I'm, I'm with you. That's where I was at when it was first announced. Now that they finally came out with the whole breakdown of the deal, I'm fine with it. Three million, and he's got to play these games to get the other one point five. I'm good with that. Um, and I'm with Eddie. I, I, I would like to see him go to another team and try and win a cup. We, we talked about it last year when uh, all that news came out that he might have gone to Vegas. Then we found out Colorado was in the mix. He, he had some chances to, to do some stuff, and he didn't. Uh, now Perry has gone to Tampa Bay. So that would be interesting, as you brought up, Eddie, for him to go over there. 
uh, would be um, definitely uh, interesting if they were to win a cup and finish this. You know, Getzloff finished out his you know career there, so to speak, um, and whatnot. But another thing that was inter- uh, interesting too, Eddie, was the comment Getzloff said about building the team in his interview afterwards. We had uh, JG Mara seven one four, you know, put in that too, and he's, he kind of put it on Murray. Said, hey, you know, I still think this team can win, but he also said, you know, I think Murray needs to add. Uh, to the team this summer. Uh, what did you think about that um, this whole situation? Yeah, well, he does. Like, if you want this win now mentality that you've been preaching for the last few seasons, you can't win now with the uh, shopping at the nine nine cent store and expect those like those kind of players to, to work out. And, and we'll talk about that comment I just said. And shortly, th- this team's in a playoff team. I'm sorry to say. I'm sorry to burst your bubbles. I'm not being. Uh, uh, negative. I'm not just trying to like put the team down at all. I'm just saying what I see from the team. The last few seasons, the roster hasn't really changed all too much. Uh, Guess off coming back is a, a big deal too. Like he's the heart and soul. He's the captain. He's going to help those players develop. Um, it, it doesn't help too. Uh, he's 18 points away from his thousand point uh, in a Ducks uniform. So I think that's something significant and special. And I, I, I want to say that's something. That helped him kind of come back to the Ducks and want that 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 pride to do that and maybe those certain games played, if he gets traded at the deadline, the Ducks aren't going to be uh, responsible for that. So maybe that's something taken uh, consideration too. But um, as far as his comments about uh, Brian Murray, I can't see that happening. I get why he said that he's the captain. He wants that optimism for the team. He wants to show. Uh, those those quality leadership abilities and stay positive and I love it. I, I think that what makes him one of the the best captains in the league. If not, I think he's probably one of the the best captains in the league. I'm not just saying that just as being a Ducks fan either, but it just we have to have some a little bit of reality time. I can't see this team uh, being that with Murray at all. Like we all know how how Murray is. We all know the stuff he he he, he wants to do. The, the stuff he says, the players, the kind of players he signs, hoping that they're just going to have a 180 in their career and be those superstars again. It's just, I love the optimism, but it's not going to happen. And hopefully, like I keep saying every year, I just want us to improve from the year before. If we can improve on special teams this season, especially on the power play, especially of being more, scoring more goals this season, you can't ask for anything more from the Bucks. Yeah, and the thing that added to that, I think that got more people kind of bent. You know, you're talking about Murray and, you know, Getzloff saying we need to add more and then the lack of, like, big moves and whatnot because over the course of the the first 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever of free agency, Murray went and signed more players, but they're all pretty much depth moves. You know, he got two forwards and two defensemen, uh, Brogan Rafferty, Greg uh, Paderan, Daniel Regan and Buddy Robinson, who are all pretty much AHL players. Um, there's not really a whole lot to them, unfortunately. So now you have Getzloff saying, okay, we need to go do more things. I think this team can win. Uh, you know, kind of contradicts a little bit. Then you have Murray goes, he picks up these depth guys. And meanwhile, that free agency day, you see all these people doing all these moves and all this stuff. We'll talk a little bit about that at, at the end of the show with our, our league news and whatnot. But it's definitely frustrating, Eddie, because um, there hasn't been a lot of big moves. Um, you brought back Volkov. You bring back uh, Getzloff. Okay. Um, is that really doing anything for this team? There's not much going on. I, I just don't 
I'm like you. We're realists on this show. Of course, we're Duck fans. We're going to go to the games. We're going to cheer for the team and everything like that. But I don't even see this team. You know, last year we said, oh, they could maybe squeeze into the playoffs. And we weren't even close. I mean, they didn't even make it. I mean, we, we talked about how we thought they weren't going to make it, but we, we had a little bit of hope that maybe they could have squeezed in in the bottom with the realigned divisions and all this stuff and everything. And, and it's going to change a little bit again, right? Arizona's going out of the division. We're getting Seattle. But I don't even think this team's close to a wild card you know, spot or any anything. I, I just don't see it unless they go out and do something else. With what they have right now, Eddie, it, I mean, truth hurts, but this team is, is not going to uh, make the playoffs. If they do by some chance make it with this team right here, uh, you know, we've talked about this. I don't really want them to make the playoffs because we know they're going to get in there. They're going to get smoked and they're not going to get as good of a draft pick. That's where they're at. So unless they do some other stuff, which we'll talk about here in a second, because there is there's trade rumor news going on, which we'll get to. But the team as it is right now, Eddie, um, I'm not really optimistic about you know playoffs and how. No, far they go that's next not season. about to say at all. Like I said like we're realists. We get a lot of uh, comments that we're not one of those those podcasts that just want to you know to tell the Ducks are the best team in the world. Uh, I wish they were. I, I wish that was the case, but. It's unfortunate we're at to deal with this kind of rebuild rebuild mode right now. But it happens to all the teams, and it just it builds our characters as fans too to stick with our teams. And it's only going to have that more pride when the Ducks do get to that point and they are a contender again. And then when they do win the Stanley Cup again, like I think it's going to happen. I believe it in my heart. It's going to happen. It's 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 not it's not going to be like Toronto, like just always having that bad luck, that shit luck, and always just dropping the ball at the end. So it's just going to be one of those times we have to be patient. We have to wait and see. Hopefully the beer prices drop because the team's so bad. But you know what? We, we, we get to we get to watch some hockey. We get to watch a team that a lot of us grew up on, new fans, uh, old fans. Um, it's, it's going to be one of those times. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. But at least we don't have to deal with, with crap that other teams have to deal with, with Buffalo, with Chicago is going on. We'll talk about later. Uh, with San Jose. Like, like We don't have to deal with that off-ice drama. So I, I just – I really – Love the fact that we're just a really bad team as far as the product on the ice, but there's no off-ice issues that we have to like kind of hold our heads down and have to try to talk about. I just that's one of the positive things that I'm glad about the Ducks have to deal with the, are those off-ice issues. But we just have to stick around and, and and hopefully it turns out for the best. Uh, we all know Murray. Murray does Murray things. He he shops at the 99 cents store for Macy's kind of players. I, I'm not trying to talk down to any of these players at all. I just, I'm just trying to be the reality of it. They're more, like you said, depth. They're more San Diego goals players occasionally come up when we need them. Uh, hof, uh, hopefully those injuries don't happen, but it's been one of those trending themes for the Ducks. So we just have to be patient, and, and hopefully uh, you know, hopefully, all this madness ends soon, and, and maybe a season next season, a season or no, the following season or a season after that, we can start – seeing like what those teams need or what we need to to be that that contending team and we can see our players start developing better and see Zegris and Drysdale be those superstars that we desperately need. Yeah, it's not all is lost like you're saying too. I mean, there is some stuff going on right now. We we know that there's reports out there that Murray is still shopping around Henrique again. Uh, and then just before we recorded this show on Elliot Freeman's podcast he talked about Raquel and whether or not the Ducks were going to extend him or not. They, they think Raquel wants too much money. 
Um, so there might be a trade in the works again for him, another name, right, that came up last season. So those are two players to watch that the Ducks uh, could move. Um, I don't know if it happens with Henrique. Uh, you know, the thing there uh, with what happened with last season, how it went down, it didn't end well. But then he played better at the end of the season and then for Team Canada. So maybe he picked up some steam there. The Ducks do have an abundance of centers right now with Getzloff and Seagrass and Steele and Lundstrom, Grant, all these guys. So if they're going to make some kind of trade, uh, I, I mentioned in my article that I wrote about on the um, – you know, just recently with the uh, free agency and, and Getzloff coming back, maybe they look at Eichel situation, which we'll break that down because there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with that. But that's something to look at. And then uh, a smaller uh, Pittsburgh blog put out more rumors about Gibson. This one I don't think is legit, but it's kind of interesting. Um, they talk about how the Ducks might want Jason Zucker, a prospect, and another player. Uh, for Gibson. I don't know how much truth there is to that. This thing has been going on forever with the Gibson thing. So I, you know, I, I don't look at that one as being as legit, uh, especially because the source is kind of a, a no-name uh, small blog, but um, you never know. Sometimes they can throw things out there and they're right. But I, I really think Henrique and Raquel are the ones to look at because a lot of you guys are asking questions, you know, are the Ducks going to sign a big score? Are they going to move anybody? Uh, a lot of you on Instagram are just kind of grouping together your questions because a lot of them are very, very similar. You know, Adam Town talks about, you know, will the Ducks make any trades right now? I think they're in the market to make a trade. I, I know that they are still in on Eichel. I can tell you that much. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll break it down later. That situation gets kind of weird so that's still out there. Um, and, and then Henrique and Raquel. Though that's kind of what I'm looking at right now, Eddie. I don't know if you've heard anything else or what do you think. I still think the Ducks can make trades. I think they can improve this team. They can make this team a, a playoff team or at least a better team if they want to. Um, you know, As of right now, they're not that team. But there's still time to do stuff. I mean, October's not here yet. We're just starting August. They, they can do some things. But... I, I just don't know. Uh, you know, the one big thing I think that was sad with Raquel is uh, he was doing so well last season. Uh, at that one point, his value was so high. And then remember, he took that awkward tumble, um, hit his head, came back. But, you know, he didn't play as well since then. So, you know, Raquel and Henrik's values, I don't know if they're as high uh, or not as they were. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Henrik's has gone a little bit up and Raquel's a little down. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell right now. Uh, what the Ducks could get for these guys. I, I definitely think Raquel isn't as high. So the Ducks can, can look around. They have interest, but I, I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger or what do you think about some of these, uh, if they're going to trade Murray maybe somebody else. Murray ducked up when he did not trade Raquel when his ceiling was high. He, he could have easily fetched a first-round pick for him. He was on fire. His contract isn't that bad at all. It, it's doable for teams. It's cap-friendly. He didn't make the. He didn't pull the trigger. I, I don't know why. I'm pretty sure there was teams calling about him that could have used him. Uh, that that was a big fail. Another fail for Murray not doing it. And if you, you trade Raquel now, his his price won't be that high. I doubt you're going to get a first round pick unless you have a team overpay. It was just that was the right time to make that move. The Ducks were you know weren't going to be in a playoff position. Definitely not last year at all. We all knew that. And Raquel was just going absolutely bananas and going crazy. Uh, Henrique, I loved his play after he got benched or after he got waived and benched. He, he just started like he caught that fire again when he was uh, uh, playing for Canada too. He, he just he looked good. Um, 
he could be traded. A team would love to have him. He'd be a great asset. Uh, he, he's that kind of like center that you want. However, his, his contract is not team-friendly right now. So if anything ever happens, Ducks are going to have to send something another team's way. or going to eat up his contract. But they still get his contract, and they can trade him to a team that, that would want someone, especially a contending team. Uh, I just, I, I guess I don't trust Murray with trades anymore, and, and and people are upset about the free agency and about the lack of trades. I'm not. Like it's the first season where I'm content that Murray didn't do anything because I don't, I don't want anything from Murray. I don't want this to be his team anymore. I, I keep saying I want another GM to come in and I want him to form his own team and not have to fix Murray's mistakes. But I think the if you're gonna trade, if you're gonna trade these two players, like I said, Henrique, you have to eat up something or send some kind of package for them to take the whole contract. And Raquel, you just dropped the ball on that. You could have got a heavy return. Teams would have overpaid. He was on fire. You could justify that. He cooled off, and now you really can't. So we're just kind of stuck. And it doesn't seem like any significant trades are going to happen anytime soon. So we have to wait and see. And as far as the Gibson thing, yes, I know people are going to get tired of it. But it's going to keep coming up and keep coming up and keep coming up. Especially... There's rumors about uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So shout out to this this blog. Uh, they did their job. They got a lot of hits. The, the, the on Facebook, the Ducks groups are going bananas and crazy about this. It's as far as like what they're asking for. I'm pretty sure um, this blog would would be just going crazy and they just go to the bar and get nuts if this trade ever happened for what they want. Because if anything involves Gibson, it's gonna have a Jake Getzel to be part of it, and not 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 the the people they they mentioned. So, yeah, the the other names on there. Just so you know, like you said, they said that Zucker would be part of the deal, and then uh, another like prospect or pick, and then some of the names they threw out there. They threw out uh, Pedersen, which I don't know if the Ducks would pull him back again. Yari, and then Latang, uh, and then Latang. They're talking about retaining salary, so it's just kind of some things they threw out there. It blew up, kind of like it blew up. What was it? It was Valentine's Day, right? When that when when it first blew up, uh, I remember because I was like, "What the hell's going on that day?" We were joking about it on the podcast. So it was like, "Really?" On this day, I'm trying to like relax and and do some stuff with my wife and hang out and have a good weekend. And this this drops on that weekend. I'm like, "Okay." So this just popped up, and like you said, people are going nuts on it too. I, I don't I don't see it happening. They're just going along with the same thing that. You know, Gibson's from Pittsburgh, and he wants to go home, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I, I just don't see it. I, I mean, to me, it doesn't make sense. I mean, this team, unless you're you're going to now hand the keys over to Dostal and run with it and let him do his thing or some of the other goalies, I, I you know, I but I just don't see that happening right now. Um, and if it does and it, if it, something crazy like this happens, then I will come back on here and I will eat crow. But I don't think that's going to happen. And like all of you, you're frustrated. I know Ryan uh, Greco brought this up too. You know, how much longer are the Samuelis going to allow Bob to have his job? Um, you know, I, th- I think we need to kind of have a full overhaul. He's talking about with the GM and the coaching staff. And the Ducks did do that with the coaching staff, except with Aikens. You know, they did bring in all the assistants we talked about. They brought in Daniel Jacob and Max Talbot uh, to the goals. Uh, so they did overhaul all the coaching staff, like I said, except for... Uh, Dallas, and then Murray's still here. Murray and Aikens only have this last year in their contract. So that's where we're at with this scenario. And I I, I hope, I know some of you have mixed feelings about this with Aikens. I, I'm not fully against Aikens. I, I, would, I would still keep him. 
But Murray is the problem here, and we've talked about it over and over at nauseum, and I can't you know, go any further into that. But that, that's the issue we're at. And I think, like you said, he dropped the ball on the Raquel thing. He could have gotten that done, um, and he didn't. Uh, and maybe, Henrique, he has something with that. It sounds like he doesn't want to trade Silverberg because he protected him in the expansion draft. So that's one that may not move, plus his contract's not very friendly either. Uh, it's like Henrique, so it might be something, uh, you know, if they if he did want to part with him, he'd have to retain salary or add something in there to make that uh, some kind of a move. So there are pieces that the Ducks can use, but will Murray do it? I, I don't know. That That's the big issue, unfortunately. Um, and, and they did have a chance. I know we had Jared also said, hey, what about the Ducks bringing back players? Uh, if you didn't catch this, uh, Richie and Kasha went to Toronto. Uh, Juice is still unsigned. Uh, we talked about Perry. He went to Tampa. And then you got Bonino and Cagliano going to the Sharks. Um, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I just, you know, would, like Jared's question, would they bring back these guys? Usually, no. It does, Murray's kind of, the, I don't know, it's kind of weird. It, most of the time, other than maybe like uh, Beauchemin, I don't, a lot of times he doesn't seem to bring players back. So, uh, you know, Jared asked about, you know, Perry going to Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously with the buyout, I don't think there would, before that, there would ever be a chance that Murray would do that. Cogliano, that one still pisses me off. I can't stand that stupid trade. That was completely BS. Um, so I, I don't see him doing that. I don't see him bringing back any of the any of these uh, these guys, you know. And now they're all pretty much signed, anyways. I mean, Juice is the only one, maybe he's unsigned uh, that they could possibly go for. That's the only one out there. I don't know. Are there any other players that you could think of, whether former Ducks or not, that maybe no, not like I think about top of my head. Uh, maybe Juice, but then you have a uh, pattern. You just, you brought in that has that NHL experience. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. Maybe uh, Murray wants to circle the wagon. He lost Juice for uh, for pretty much nothing. Uh, he, he didn't get anything in return. He got uh, picked up off waivers. So maybe that's a player. But if you're going to sign a player, like why like wait until this long? Uh, what's the holdup? It should have been one of those moves that should have been done a long time ago. So it's, it's one of those things where you, you want to say you doubt it. Um, we'll talk about the Eichel situation. But I think maybe that's the holdup on why we're not making a lot of trades right now. We're still in on that. And what we're seeing in that situation, and you get the someone like that coming with that. I won't believe it's like ten point five million in cap hit. Like you have to really be conservative about your your cap space and stuff like that. It, it was kind of funny seeing Richie and uh, Kase be uh, signed with Toronto. Um, Toronto needs that physical grit. They need someone like Richie. I was surprised that Boston didn't uh, qualify him because he was doing pretty well, doing decent with Boston. It, it seemed like a good fit for him. Uh, like I said, they have cap issues too. They still have a few trades they need to have. Uh, DeBrusque is one of those trades that are rumored to, to be out of town. Um, Kase is kind of those low-risk, high-reward kind of things. If he could just bounce back to injuries, it's a situation hopefully gets past him. He, he could be a solid player for Toronto. Um, yeah, you know, it's disgusting seeing... I know Benino was part of the San Jose organization before, but seeing Cogliano, going to see him in a, in a Sharks jersey, that's like the one that hurts the most. It's going to be disgusting. And I, I think one of the, the best moves that they could have brought in was Max Talbot to the goals. Max Talbot's a really great guy. I met him a few times in Colorado. 
I remember we were at a signing event and it was done and he was walking out and some little girl, she had like a Philadelphia Flyers Talbot jersey. He walked by, he noticed it, he went walked up to the girl and he asked her if he could sign the jersey that she wanted him to sign. Uh, he was always one of those players that were just, when you talked to him, he always made you feel good. He was a really good guy but on the ice. He gave it 110%. He was a workhorse. I watched him in practice, same, same thing. He was always out there just giving it his all and earning every bit of ice time he's ever had. So hopefully he brings his work ethic to the goals and he can teach these these, these kids uh, of that, uh, those work ethics that he, he did in Colorado that I watched him see. So that was a pretty good pickup for the goals. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that works out. I mean, they got plenty of uh, overhaul down there. Everybody's brand new behind the bench. And then, like we said, they overhaul with all the assistants around Aikens, too. So uh, I, I don't think coaching should be an issue this season. Um, we'll have to see how much that it plays into with the basically the same team right now. I mean, there's not much of uh, changes with this team. So, um, you know, we'll basically break it down into the league news, kind of go into that. Uh, plenty of stuff going on. Uh, around the league uh, there were some players that were bought out a lot of them uh, were taken though uh, I, I thought it was interesting James Neal is still out there I don't know if that's one that the Ducks will look at uh, you had Keith Yandel and Martin Jones they both ended up in Philly uh, talking about off-ice issues uh, Tony D'Angelo he ended up going to Carolina and then you had Jake Vertanen that you know we the Ducks were Thinking about going into him, but then we remember all the, the sexual assault stuff came out on him. So he's off the board. That's one you can cross off. The Ducks are not going to do that. Uh, like Eddie talked about earlier in the show, thank God the Ducks aren't going after players with off-ice issues. And then you had Hopi go to Dallas. So that's just kind of some of the buyouts there. Um, and then we'll, we'll basically go into the league news and break it down. Um, what did you think? You know, the Olympics are kind of going on right now. Just change gears a little bit. But, you know, they're talking about this new schedule the 82 games and everything going on that uh, that the league might participate. What what do you think is going on with that, Eddie? And I think you said that there was something with the schedule that they were yeah, looking so at. Yeah, so as of right now, the league put a schedule out with that two-week Olympic break, uh, getting ready for Olympic, or that, like however long it is. They have the schedule already out, the schedule that we all seen for that Olympic break. Now, if anything goes weird and for some reason our NHL players – don't end up in the Olympic break, are, are part of, are part of the Olympics, then they have another alternate schedule they haven't released yet that, that kind of uh, does away with that Olympic break. So that's where it stands right now. My question is for you, Mike, actually two, two questions live on the show, which we haven't talked about. Do you, do you want to see NHL players in the Olympics? Yes or no? And also, if you had to choose an Olympic sport, you can win golden, what would you choose? Or any like anything, you can win golden, what would you choose? There we go. <laughs> nice, man. Nice. Um, you know, for the Olympics, it's it's not really a big deal to me. Um, I mean, I, I like how they have all these other you know championship tournaments and everything else that they do. So, I I, I, I I'm fine with them not playing because it seems like sometimes the star players won't go anyways because they don't want to risk an injury and then screw up you know the the rest of the season. So I think sometimes it's more of a distraction, if anything. So I'm okay if they don't want to do it, if they just forego it and keep the schedule as is. Um, so I, I'm fine with that. And uh, as far as the the event that I would want to win, or something that you, that, that, that you um, would 
I, like maybe it's not like a whole official Olympic sport or something that you think you can win gold in. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you did there. Okay, okay. So, something that I could win in. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Because um, beer well, drinking well, would could, not though. count. Like, so I know if that you had can. it your way. <laughs> beer pong? Oh, no. We're, yeah, oh, that was pong? mine. Would that that was mine. That was my Olympic sport. So oh, you and I have to do like, no. a live show, a recorded, a YouTube show of us playing one-on-one on beer pong. Dude, Win or lose, we, we booze, that right? That would be hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, win or lose, we booze. Um, yeah, beer pong. Um, what's the other one? I, I forget where you... Um, oh, I can't think of the name. Where you have the uh, like the sandbags and you throw them into the... Um, what is that called? Where you have the hole in the, oh, in the board and you throw oh, yeah. I forgot what it's called. Okay, yeah, cornhole. Yeah, yeah, there's the other one. I have having a memory block right now. Yeah, cornhole would be another one. Um, I, I laugh because my uncle has that in his backyard. <laughs> we would play that with my cousin and him, and like we'd have these teams and get all crunk. It was a lot of fun, and, and uh, uh, sometimes get on a roll, man. But um, yeah, yeah, one of those two. I, I don't know why it all involves <laughs> drinking, but there'd have to be oh, drinking yeah. in the sport. <laughs> I'd probably say badminton too while drinking. But yeah, it has to be while drinking too. You can't just oh, be there like, you I go. can't play against a silver badminton person. We have to drink the same amount and do badminton. I remember I did that and. And uh, in middle school uh, for PE, and I was like, no one could beat me. I beat the PE teacher when he tried to go against me. I don't know why. I just was like decent at that. It's just one of those weird things that. Oh no, you know, ultimate frisbee too. I was good at that back in sixth grade. I remember I, I won ultimate frisbee for uh, ultimate frisbee for a team. I was good at that. So, but yeah, that'd be cool. As far as the Olympics too, let's get back to serious hockey talk. I don't want to see NHL players in the Olympics. I I, I want the World Cup brought back more. Uh, I guess um, I don't know by by seasonally. I, I I like the World Cup. I like what that brought. That energy. It seemed like more uh, more non traditional hockey fans were watching that World Cup. It was something different. I don't mind having the Olympics being a bunch of amateur players that aren't NHLers. Uh, I think that's like a little more special. I, I get it. You have teams that aren't going to be fair from other countries because they'll have their their pro players but as far as our uh nhl players i wouldn't want to see them going to the olympics and that's just one of those things that just yeah i don't want but i do want the world cup back uh frequently not just uh every every once in a while or every four years or, or what they're planning to do i have no idea yeah i'm with you on that i i think the world cup was good if they had that that would be fantastic so um well, the the big news uh, transitioning here, we might as well just dive into this because I know everyone's been talking about this. So just go into the whole Eichel thing here along with the league news we talked about. So uh, talking about Olympics and jumping around, going through hoops and a bunch of things, I guess, is uh, I guess this whole Eichel thing should be its own Olympic event as well because it's been crazy. Uh, the situation got even weirder this last week. Um, the, the agents made a statement. They thought a trade would happen when free agency got underway. Obviously that hasn't happened, at least at the time that we're recording this, because I know news comes out after we record, it may happen the next day, but, uh, right now it hasn't happened. They also talked about, sound like they really put a lot of heat on the Sabres team, Eddie, because they said that they had a, a surgery down that they all agreed upon he needed to have. He wanted to have it and they haven't done the surgery and now it kind of F's things up because the longer they wait and the recovery time, 
he may or may not be able to start at the beginning of the season now. So it's it, this situation's just gotten uh, it's going oh, on. Oh yeah, it's a basically. big shit show over there. It, I don't know what's going on. It's just you have it just it's bad in Buffalo. Um, I, I keep saying, uh, yeah, I know he'll be a huge addition to the Ducks. I, I just don't like his attitude. I don't like the drama. If things aren't going to go well in Anaheim, are his agents going to sit there and, and make statements? If he requests a trade out of Anaheim, we're going to deal with this drama. It's just a big drama and shit show in Buffalo. Um, I, I get it. He wants to have his certain procedure. He wants to he wants to maintain his quality of life. I'm not sure why Buffalo isn't allowing him when he had his own surgeons uh, take a look at it and see that. It's just, it's bad over there. It's just, it's something that I, I hope the Ducks stay away from. I, like I said before, I think the lack of trades and lack of big agent free signings are because the Ducks are still in on the Eichel situation. They're willing to take that. He'd be a game changer, uh, a player that can significantly help us. I, I just, I, it's just some of the attitude problems that I've seen in the past, or I've heard or read about, uh, what he said, the statements that he said, it just didn't really like rub me the right way. But if he's willing to, to come and, and want to be part of this rebuild and, and to help the Ducks uh, get to that next level and be a contending team, then and so be it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna turn my back because I have a personal problem because of of statements he said in the past. It's just obviously it's getting ugly over there when your agents are in public and saying stuff. You're kind of forcing management and you're telling all the other teams like he really wants out and is that the time now. I know the asking price is really high on you know for him, and they have to they have to kind of lower that price, especially of the surgery he's gonna have uh, he's gonna have. And now it's so far into almost in the season, he's probably not gonna be ready by the season. Uh, as long as it doesn't take Drysdale or Zegris away from us, then I, I'm all for it. Yeah, and that's the question a lot of you ask. You know, what's the most the Ducks should offer? We've kind of covered this before. We we said. No Zegris, no Drivesdale for sure. Uh, we talked about Comtois a little bit. Some of you, that kind of strikes a nerve with you. Some of you, it doesn't. Um, to me, it's all about his health. I, I mean, first and foremost, he's got to get that taken care of. And if the doctors from his doctors, the team doctors, and all these people agree on what's the best thing for him, and then he's in agreement with the best thing for it, I don't know what the holdup is. This It should get done because it, it, he, you know he wants to get back to playing hockey whether it's for Buffalo or another team, I, obviously he still wants to play. Uh, so let's get the surgery done so he can recover and they can figure it out. Plus, I think some teams are hesitant too because they don't know what the recovery time is from the surgery and what it's all going to entail. Plus, they haven't actually done the surgery. So if they change their mind, remember they were exploring some options before. And I think that's a hang-up. And I think that does go to the, some of the questions that you guys asked about the Ducks and why aren't they doing big stuff. Well, they are still in on Eichel. And the problem is this is dragging out. So it's going to get to a point where the Ducks are going to have to say, okay, we're out. And then now we're going to look at, you know, trading Raquel and Henrik or someone else and, and going after some other players or something. Because this problem is, one, it's not fair to Eichel himself, regardless of his comments and everything. I mean, you got to get your health taken care of. That, 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 that's, that's one thing. Now, outside of that, you're, this is screwing up everything for a lot of people because now that uh, Buffalo's got to figure out what they need to do. They're either going to keep him and move forward and go on, which if that's the direction they go, great. If not, then these other teams are sitting there waiting in the dark you know, as to what's going to happen. They don't know if he's going to have the surgery yet or what type he's going to have it or when and all the stuff. There's too many questions. So 
I think the Ducks, they shouldn't just sit on this and hope that he's going to magically have the surgery and then all of a sudden it's going to all work out. Um, it just seems like there's too much stuff going on with this. Uh, I'm not saying don't be in on it. It sounded like the Ducks were one of the final teams possibly to be in the mix, but um, if there's some other players out there and there's some other moves that they're going to want to do, um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you're getting to the point now where you know you're going to need to do something because it's already been almost a week now since you know free agency and, and players are going or teams are going around picking up their players and. Um, the Ducks are going to get left in the dust, basically, Eddie. And and if that's the case, I'm not upset with that. I mean, if they don't do this and it doesn't work out, that's fine. But if they don't do this and then don't do anything else because yeah, of it, and that's I a think huge the biggest mistake. problem is, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure, and just just by speculation, like nothing, like nothing set in stone. I think the problem was with Buffalo and the Ducks. I think it's Zegris and it's um, Drysdale. I don't think they, you know, they want to let them go, and as they shouldn't. Like, like Zegris and Drysdale can be those generational talents that you really want on your team to to help you rebuild and be those future superstars. That those Getzlaffs, those Perrys that, that came in, and and look at them now. The both those players are probably going to have uh, their jerseys retired, and they're probably going to uh, be in the Hall of Fame. So we never know. It's just you can't lose players like that. So Buffalo's going to have to alter what they want and have to want something different. Obviously, you have Gibson, too. It's been rumored. I can't see the Ducks trading that. But I think uh, that's something that I would be okay with going over there to Buffalo if we get Eichel. Like I said, yeah, personal statements he's made before I don't like. And I think he has a maturity issue. I don't know. Maybe it, it, it's something he can grow out of it and be it some, a different kind of player, a game changer for the Ducks. I do wish him the best on his his, his procedure, though. Like Mike made a good point too, regardless of what I think of of his personal opinion and what he says. He's still he's still a human being, still a hockey player. I don't want to see him having long term injuries and end up like Kessler. I, I still feel bad for Kessler having to deal with his hip hips, hip injuries. That's something that's really unfortunate, and I, and I just keep him in my thoughts and prayers and hopefully he can have a, a better quality of life going forward but this is one of those situations where either buffalo has to tone down of what they want and not request certain players or, or murray has to make a move you, you have to figure out what you want going forward like you said teams are making moves we can go with the pacific division all the players they're getting the kings are one of those teams are notorious for just keep building their team and making them better and they got better this offseason what do you want to do you want to just sit there and be a borderline ahl team and and have your san diego goals be better than your nhl team or you want to bump yourself up and increase yourself to be better but the time's now to make a move and if if, if you're in on an eichel then try to make it happen if not then try to find someone else to that can help the Ducks, that can improve scoring, that can improve the power play. Uh, you said James Neal is still unsigned. His contract was really horrible, and he was up and down and fluctuating, but you sign him for a kind of low-term deal and take a chance on him, you never know. Put him on the line with Zegris. He knows how to finish. He's a power forward. He gets in those gritty areas. He pisses off teams. Um, it's something might happen where the Ducks can actually improve their scoring. We can see a little more power play goals and we won't be dead last or are in the bottom standings in the power play this season. Yeah, you know, the Ducks, they have plenty of room in the cap right now. If you're looking on cap friendly, they have around 18, 19 million. Uh, they do have to sign those RFAs as we talked about earlier in the show. So that's going to eat up some of that, of course, at, at least. 
at least a million per each player. Uh, obviously, Comtois should be getting more in there for sure. So, you know, some of that will be chewed out, but they still have money to go do some things here. So it's not like, you know, and I know some of you commented that too. You sent us questions like, the Ducks have money. Why don't they do it? And that, I'm with you. I'm like, why don't they do it? You know, uh, another player that they could have tried to maybe do was Taylor Hall, but Taylor Hall was taken off. Uh, you know, he signed a four-year extension at $6 million each year at Boston, so he's happy where he's at. Talking about, you know, forwards, um, you know, uh, that might help, like we were talking about Neil and whatnot. But uh, that's one that's out. Uh, the Ducks do have some room in there, so they can make an Eichel trade work. Uh, obviously, like we said, our, you know, we had that poll of the untouchables, and the untouchables are uh, Zegers and Drysdale. So, so that's where it's at. Who knows where he's going to land? Hopefully, like we said, he gets taken care of. But, uh, oh, man, what a, what a situation over there. So it's definitely one to monitor and see uh, what happens. And, uh, you know, speaking of injuries, too, Kind of a sad one, Eddie's Montreal. Shea Weber, huh? Looks like oh, he that's, that to retire. sucks, man. I, I, I really hope that's not the case. Like, I was hoping, I, I was kind of bored. I, I don't know. I, I was hoping Montreal would have won the cup. Uh, they're the underdogs. And I, I really wanted to see Shea Weber and Carey Price win a cup. But it's just uh, some, an injury like that's going to force you to retire. Like, I, I've said it numerous times. I don't care who you are in the league. I don't care if I did, extremely dislike you. I would never want to see a player being forced to retire, not go. Like out on his own accord, it's just something one of those like any athlete shouldn't ever do in their life, and I, I hate to see that. But I, I hopefully it's not the case. Hopefully he can come back and at least kind of retire on his own time. But it looks kind of bad right now. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You know that if that has happened, you know, and you brought up uh, Kessler too. We were talking about Eichel. Had my family over the other day, and we were talking about the Kessler situation too, and what a bummer that was. So, we were talking about the Ducks and like you know who do you who do you miss that's not playing on the team right now and you know every, every, a lot of people were talking about Perry and then there was discussion about Getzloff because we didn't know where he was going to go and whatnot and obviously he's back but Kessler was one too that we saw you know obviously he had to retire because of his injuries that was unfortunate so um, some other stuff going on I guess the other big situation uh, right now is Evander Kane's back in the news. Uh, apparently his estranged wife said that he's, uh, quote, a compulsive gambling addict, um, and that he's always, uh, you know, throwing games with bookies to win. And then the league came out, said they're going to investigate him. Uh, Vander Kane came out and said that the allegations are false, that he never bet on hockey or the NHL or any of the Sharks games or games he played in. So... Some serious drama here, Eddie. Again, uh, you know, I'm glad that we, this is one player that the Ducks didn't go out and try and get in the past, as we talked about. But man, this this situation is just—it seems like getting yeah. Uglier, you know what? I, I don't know if you recall, like years ago, when Ducks needed that left winger, he was rumored to be the Ducks, or people, our fans, were like saying like he'd be a good asset to the Ducks. I'm glad they didn't go and do that. I'm glad San Jose went and got him. I don't like Vander Kane. I think he's a piece of shit, to be honest. But I don't know what's going on. Um, his wife, is, his ex-wife, or estranged ex-wife, is saying stuff. You can never know the, the truth of that because some people fire off um, saying it's bad, saying worse things about their spouse than it is. Um, I really hope that he's uh, he's not abandoning his kids and his pregnant wife. Like regardless, like you still have your baby in her like you have to have that responsibility as a man to take care of your kids and you should want that responsibility but we do know he has a lot of issues going on with gambling 
um, started off with that picture he, he posted long time in Vegas holding that stack of money when we're during the recession uh, he's been uh, what five hundred thousand dollars goes to a casino and it was during that time during the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, uh, playing against uh, uh, Vegas it's just it seems that like this guy can't get it together he's losing his house filed bankruptcy uh, there's issues with his teammates. That, that that's why he was uh, rumored to be traded last season. I know his wife posted a picture that his teammates got him a gambling for dummies book. Uh, I don't know. It, it's just this guy does not seem to get it. He's not seem to care. Uh, I know gambling is the same equivalently uh, as having drug and alcohol issues. But being this habitual this long, it just it kind of seems you're incorrigible, or you just don't really give a shit or give a fuck. And I'm sorry, I'm cussing. It's just. You leave your, your wife like that with her, your kid and a newborn you're about to have, I think you're just a piece of crap. Like If drugs or alcohol is getting to you that much, where you're going to just kind of not, you know, I don't care like about your wife. You guys have your problems. You guys don't love each other, hate each other. That's fine, but you have to be there for your kids. And just this habitual act, this makes him just, man. And him, I really hope, and I really hope just as a hockey player that he did not throw games for his gambling thing because that's the ultimate like disgusting thing you can do like it's probably the second worst thing you do is like abandoning your your kids like that it's just it's it's sad it's unfortunate i hope the league does their due diligence and really goes and investigates it and if they find him guilty then yeah he should be banned from the league permanently and stripped from everything i i never want to see him a part of hockey again if that's the case um if if it's not then like dude you have to get some help it's been too long it's been so many years. I, your, your teammates are trying to help you. I'm sure your team's trying to help you. I'm sure the league's trying to help you. If you don't care, bro, just just have some have some. I don't know. Have some integrity. Quit the league. It's just stop bringing this negativity. Stop tarnishing hockey. It's just it's not good. You're just ruining it for everybody. Um, like Mike, you said, I'm glad this this kind of issue is not with the Ducks because this is something that can really bring a team down. The, the whole morale of your team down. Uh, the San Jose Sharks have to deal with this. Uh, they have to deal with it internally. They have to deal with it publicly. But I, I hope I hope the league really finds out what's going on. And, and if if his ex-wife was making those allegations, and shame on her. And it's just it sucks that she's dealing with that. She has to make those kind of allegations to him throwing games. We can, he, we all know he's a big notorious gambler. But him throwing games on this I don't know. I, that, that's just. That's just horrible if that's true, but you know, Ducks fans, we can hold our heads high. We don't have to deal with any of this ice like off ice drama. I think the biggest off ice drama we had was like recently. I don't know, Mike, remember when Getzoff made that 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 comment about the uh, I uh, I'm not gonna repeat it, but it was chickens and, and lollipop kind of comment, <laughs> and that was just it. But it's just. I don't know. This is this kind of pisses me off on a whole other level and different levels. But I, I hope, I hope it works out for everyone. I hope it works out for his his children, or his kid, and his unborn kid. I hope if he really has that gambling issue, he can get the help he needs to be a better person and be a better father. And and if he did really gamble on on games and he threw games on purpose, and I hope he's never in the league again in his life. But I still really hope that he can mature and and be a better father to his children because uh, all your children, all the kids, they need your mother and they need a, a father too. So that's the only thing I say about him. I still think he's a piece of shit though. 
I no, I, and I feel you. I mean, that's the sad part. I mean, there's kids involved. That's what makes this even worse. If it's just them two and they're going at it, I mean, they're they're doing what they're gonna do, right? They're gonna go at it. She's airing out this dirty laundry or whatever. If it's if it's true, right? It's alleged right now, so I don't 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 quote me saying it's for sure. But I mean, he's throwing the stuff out there. And it's just a mess, man. I saw this, I saw this post, and then that post, and the investigation. I'm like, oh my god, dude, this guy's in the news again for some stuff. So, yeah, I, I hope the biggest thing is that the kids don't suffer through all this, especially long term. And if he needs to get help with this gambling stuff, which it does sound like there's that going on, it's maybe not the nature of what he's saying or whatnot, but there's obviously stuff going on, and hopefully he gets that resolved because. Um, I don't know. It just looks like an ugly situation right now. And now the league's having to deal with this in the offseason. And then they have to deal with uh, Chicago, too, Eddie. They got uh, some stuff going on over there with Stan Bowman. Uh, I don't know all the details on that. Do you know what's going on in Chicago? Because they're investigating him for some I, I have no stuff. idea what's going on over there. Um, I've read briefly about it. I think it's absolutely effing disgusting. I can't use the F word again. I probably should use it on this thread. Uh, it's just something <laughs> I don't care sexual assaults the, the worst thing in the, the freaking world if you're part of that you're a pedophile rapist I, I think you should be wiped off the face of the earth and obviously with Chicago them holding back and not being full disclosure on, on what's going on it's making them their organization look really bad yeah, Nick Boynton come out, talked to lawyers, and he mentioned names, and he mentioned that he knew and other players on the team knew what was going on. You have the guy in question from schools that he's coached, colleges he's coached, other players are coming forward, and it's been substantiated. It's just a bad look over there, and it's a bad look for hockey. It's just, I, I don't know how this could be swept under the rug and not be dealt with before. I, I get, like... I always talk about like okay like hazing is one of those things where it's like I grew up in an environment where I grew up in the army I grew up and you know being a, a police cadet I've grew up in a law enforcement environment where it's just you're a boot and you're that low man and tonable you you get that kind of hazing but when it comes to sexual assault that's something that's that's, that's uncalled for it's something that it's just disgusting and it sucks that we have to deal with San Jose we have to deal with Chicago and just making the league look bad and. It's like we're not the NFL, we're not the NBA, where this is common. People just kind of turn a blind eye when things like this happen. We had a certain prestige and a certain pride in our league, and now it's Chicago and San Jose's and Vander Kane are making it look, our league look tarnished. I hope punishment is brought to the people that knew. Well, not really knew, but I know it's really hard to talk about it. But I hope this is a learning experience. And if anything goes on, that people aren't afraid to mention it and talk about it. It's just really, really bad for the league. And it sucks. And for all the victims, like my heart goes out to you. Like I know you'll never be the same. It's going to be something haunting. And I really hope that you get some kind of justice that you deserve. Because it's... It's one of those things that it's just it's, it's gonna be with you for the rest of your life, and it's just it it's an effed up situation. Yeah, I would not want to be uh, general manager Bowman right now. I, there's a lot of stuff going on, trying to deal with these allegations and things. I, I don't know how it's gonna pan out with Chicago, and uh, you know, uh, kind of wrap up with the trades, uh, some of the other bigger trades, I guess, uh, around the league because Chicago was in there too. We. They had some more stuff going on, uh, other drama, not not necessarily, you know, I guess not negative off-ice drama, but 
uh, I guess kind of. Uh, they had a, a trade, right? We know Vegas ended up sending uh, Marc-Andre Fleury to Chicago. Then there, this was another part with the Blackhawks being in the news because they weren't sure if he was going to go with the team or he was going to retire because he basically got traded for a prospect since Vegas could you know, create um, salary cap space. And this was another drama with the Blackhawks this last week or so, Eddie and I, uh, and and Vegas too, because I don't Vegas. This whole thing was also handled poorly because for those of you that don't know, Mark Andre Fleury didn't even find out he was traded until it was posted on social media. So he didn't even hear from the Vegas team. Then it put him in a situation where he was obviously upset. And then he wasn't sure if he was going to go play for Chicago, which he then posted that little short video, if you didn't see it, where he you know, basically said, let's go Chicago, I'm ready, and, and whatnot. But this was all screwed up, too. I, so I don't, you know, I mean, I get it, Vegas wanted to move him and do the salary dump, but they didn't tell him. Then they went and did this trade with Chicago. The, the trade's announced between these two teams, but then Fleury doesn't know. Like, I, I mean, shame on Chicago and Vegas for this. I mean, it's probably more Vegas, obviously, because they made the trade, but... This is another thing that man, they just really dropped yeah, the ball on how they handled Vegas this. Vegas was uh, the villain. Uh, a player like like Mark Andre Fleury, he's, he's like most like beloved player in the league. I, I think he's like probably like, like our team with Solani. Uh, you never hear anything bad about him. Everyone loves him. Uh, he just won you a Vesna, and then you just you kind of just trade him like he's trash. Like he's you, you trade him like he's a. A depth player or AHL player, and then he finds out on Twitter, like holy crap, he doesn't even have an official Twitter. Like, and I know uh, one other podcast was saying a lot of these players that don't have Twitter on social media, they have a secret Twitter, so like to, to see what's going on and to find out on Twitter, and you, you can't even be a good management and let him know what's going on. Hey, we're shopping you. Hey, like we're gonna trade you. Preferences, yes, I know it's business first, and they're gonna get the like the best thing they can possibly get. For a salary dump, but come on, at least show some a little bit of respect for a player like that. At least tell him that you're gonna shop him and you're gonna trade him to whoever can take him for a salary dump. It's just crazy. And then he finds out on Twitter. It's like the worst. I'm glad he's out of Vegas. I think he deserves better. It sucks he went to Chicago. That's just kind of a bad thing. And he wasn't sure he was gonna go there, but I guess he wants to he wants to finish out career on his own time and not just like be forced to retire. He posted the video. He has a jersey. It feels really weird seeing him in a Chicago jersey. Chicago has their captain back. They have Seth Jones. They have Caleb Jones, which is a pretty good, uh, good, good defenseman from Edmonton too. I think they're gonna do. Uh, they're, they're gonna have a better season having a flurry uh, between the pipes. So I, I still wish Flurry the best. Uh, I really just it sucks he's in Chicago and that shit show that's going on there. But we can all just. Hope for him to have a good season. Hopefully, he gets retired, or not retired, but traded to a, a contending team, and he can a better team and get a chance to win a cup. Um, hell, yeah, I'd be happy if he gets traded to the Ducks just just to have Flurry in a Ducks uniform. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I know that that was one thing I was thinking too. Is like, okay, it, say the Ducks were gonna trade Gibson, you know, and and. But pull in another goalie. I'm like, I'll take Flurry every day of the week, man. I mean, that guy's awesome. He's a class act, like you said. You never hear anything bad about him. He's like a total team player and everything. And uh, 
You know, there were some rumors that they had talked about that he could have been possibly traded or whatever. But the thing is, is that they never told him he was traded and he finds out on social media. And that's just, that's just trash. That's just classless, in my opinion. And, you know, and I do like the Vegas Knights. I, I, I'm one of those. I know a lot of Ducks fans don't. They can't stand Vegas and everything. Uh, I'm probably in that boat now because after they did this, I'm like, I, they lost a lot of respect, you know, for me. I, I just don't. I, it's just, it's a, it's a BS move. That's what it is. The way, I mean, not that they traded him. I'm not talking about that. You know, they wanted to do their salary dump. They traded him, whatever. I mean, the, the trade was obviously lopsided. But, you know, they did what they did. But the way that they handled it was just straight, just trash. It was just horrible. Um, what did you think about those other uh, trades, though, too? You were talking about uh, Chicago and Edmonton. Um, you think that those, along with Fleury, you think that's going to make Chicago oh, a little definitely. better? Uh, Fleury, he had a great season. He's a he's a, he's a Vezina tra- Trophy goalie. Yeah, he's going to elevate them. They have their captain back, dealing with his issues. Chicago's going to be a better team. Um, Kirby Dock is, is healthy, and he's a, he's going to be a game changer. So, yeah, I feel that they're going to be a better team playoff. Uh, possibility, uh, maybe a wild card, but they're going to be in the mix. Um, Edmonton, too, uh, surprise everybody. They got Duncan Keith and a forward for uh, Caleb Jones, the brother of Seth Jones, who recently uh, signed an extension for $9.5 million and a third-round pick. So they have the two brothers on the team. And yeah, and it's kind of weird that, that Edmonton got Duncan Keith. There's no salary retained or anything like that. Caleb Jones, was, I, I think he's better than Duncan Keith. So that was kind of weird to see, and it's like it's been a trend in the NHL of, of brothers being on teams because you have a uh, Kale McCarr and his brother on the Avalanche. You had the Doc brothers, uh, Chicago when they drafted him. You had Quinn Hughes go to New Jersey with uh, with Jack Hughes. It's just one of those trending things. I think they're copying the Ducks of trying to uh, recruit brothers so they can win the Stanley Cup when we had the Niedermeyers. <laughs> but but kind of who knows. Um, Seattle, too, they made their first trade in franchise history, uh, sending Tyler Pitlick, who they picked up in the expansion draft, to the Flames for a 2022 fourth-round pick. And also, too, uh, they also had a, we had a question, too, with Grubauer. Um, I, oh, I forgot. I, I, I totally, I'm sorry, I forgot to write it down for the fan question. I apologize. But uh, uh, this, this fan asked about Grubauer's contract. If it's like, it was rejected by the NHL. And if he was in a sign with someone else, and no, it was just rejected because it was um, he took more of a front-loaded bonus, uh, more than twenty-five percent in the first year. And you can't do that. You know they're gonna redo the contract. He's gonna stay with Seattle, so it's not gonna be anything else with that. Um, also, too, with Colorado, uh, uh, a former uh, goalie Grubauer was with Colorado. You had a uh, Kale McCarr signing less than uh, Seth Jones at a nine million dollar contract, and he'll be a unrestricted free agent at twenty eight, hitting his prime. I think it's a, uh, I think he's probably one of the best defensemen in the league, and that contract's really, really good. Joe Sakic is 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 a quarter uh, borderline genius, and then we had breaking news right now about Elliot Friedman uh, as he's hearing that Ryan Murray actually the team announced it too. Uh, Ryan Murray is has a deal in place to to go to Colorado. It's a one year deal at two million dollars. So that's kind of the breaking news we have from Colorado too. I always crack up when we get those news like that. Sometimes we'll be on the show and then something will finish recording, then it comes up. So I I saw that, and for some of you out there, once in a while, Eddie and I will uh, text each other 
during the show and be like, oh, hey, there's this, or 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 like, oh, there's an update. We got to change this. So sometimes we do but things on the fly the on the show. <laughs> it happens after the show, like the next day or right when we like we put the podcast out. The ducks will announce something. It's like ah, damn it. No, you're yeah, absolutely so, right. It's always yeah, so, like that. Okay, well, we'll, we'll kind of move on with like all these transitions. I'm talking about the whole Pacific because that's what's going to uh, affect the Ducks. Well, so Vancouver, they send Roussel, uh, Roussel Beagle, Erickson, a 20, uh, 20, 2021 first, 2022 20, second, and a 2023 seventh round pick in exchange for Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland, who signed an extension with Vancouver. Okay, Al, uh, he, he was giving them an opportunity to, to trade uh, for last season. He gave them a date. They didn't do it. Obviously, he waived his no-movement clause to go over there. Connor Garland was the pest that everyone saw last season. He was poised to be uh, getting a big contract extension. He's a game-changer for Vancouver. I think he was one of the better players for Arizona, and they lost someone. I think Arizona's reverting back to another rebuild mode by losing kind of a players like this. Arizona has been taking on bad contracts. We don't have to worry about them anymore. They're moving to the Central because Seattle's coming to the Pacific Division. But I, I don't know how many, uh, what, yeah, that, like five rebuilds in the last like seven years, like they're going to have. So I don't know. We'll see them move to Quebec one day. Who knows? But <laughs> um, Vegas, they actually, uh, they were involved in the three-way trade that saw them receive Nolan Patrick uh, from the Preds for Cody Glass. It was a three-way trade, including, I want to say, Cody Glass. Oh, yeah, Vegas, too. Um, Nolan Patrick has been injured. He has a lot of potential, a former first-round pick. He just never really got to form in Vegas uh, for Ducks fans. He's pretty the, the Andre Casse. Uh, uh, their team, however, he was a first-round pick. So Vegas is hoping to, to hopefully he, he can stay healthy and help them out. He's a big body, and he can do some damage if he does stay healthy. So... We'll have to wait and see, but those are all the transactions of recent. Um, if you want to include the LA Kings, you got uh, Denault from Montreal. Uh, I'll add this one on the fly too. We forgot to add it in our notes, but he's a really good two-way uh, defensive center. Uh, McKinnon said he was probably the most underrated and the hardest center to play against in the NHL. And the Kings just keep getting better and better. And rumors, too, were before they were in the Eichel situation, but apparently probably not since they signed uh, Denault on a free agency. So it just adds to the frustration for Ducks fans. You see our uh, crosstown rivals getting better and adding probably one of the, the best defensive centers in the league on their team. Yeah, and that's the theme. <laughs> Sadly, I, I mean, it's like this This team does great in the draft. Like we said, with Madden running the show there for the last several years, and they're pulling up all these players, and um, it's just unfortunate. It, it, it's just, I mean, we can't just keep this team going through the draft. That's, that's not going to be the answer. I was having this discussion with a few people this week about the team and what they need to do, and it's, uh, you know, it's got to be a combination of stuff. I mean, yeah, you bring back Getzloff, veteran leadership of course and you got to have a mix of that you can't just keep relying on these drafts the last couple seasons and that's that seems what the ducks have been doing they haven't made any big trades really recently uh, at all or, or any kind of shakeup you know other than like Senate Cognano away or something like that that's just dumb but uh, that's where the team's at I, I still think that they can do something I do like the fact that Getzloff put it on Murray and his comments saying hey you know, we need to do more stuff. 
uh, kind of almost is like, you know, if something doesn't happen, it's it's like maybe Getzloff can, I don't, I don't know what kind of voice he'll have with the Samuelis, but maybe he can tell the Samuelis, hey, we need another GM. You know, we have Solomon on there. I, I think he uh, kind of worked that contract too for Getzloff, so it would benefit both sides with that added game uh, bonus thing. So, you're just going to have to wait and see uh, with this team and what happens in the next uh, month or so. If nothing happens in the next month or so, the next podcast will probably be depressing. But I'm, I'm thinking that they're going to they're gonna do something. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how crazy it's going to be. Like I said, some of those names have still been thrown out there. Henrique, uh, Raquel. Uh, supposedly, Delorier has a high value. Um, so I'd watch those names. And... Uh, could wrap up. We have one last little question that George uh, gave us, Eddie. And we can finish up. It's another jersey question, but it's, it's a good one. He asks, uh, you know, which jersey uh, is your favorite? And it's not just the Ducks. Any team, home away or alternate. Um, this is a good one. I think for me, if it's Ducks, I'm going Mighty Ducks, the you know, the original white jersey. But um, if you're going with other jerseys, I like the Hartford Whalers um, jersey. And I like the Quebec Nordiques uh, jersey. Uh, I don't know if he's, since those aren't active teams, I guess that would qualify under alternate because George said home away or alternate. So I would go with the Quebec Nordiques or the Hartford Whalers, I guess, is my favorite, uh, like, you know, jerseys now that aren't Ducks related. What do you uh, think well, as we wrap up? Definitely should it be the, uh, like, oh, my favorite jersey. It has to be the, the eggplant the eggplant ducks jersey but th- that's going to be too easy because obviously we're going to have bias because we are ducks fans so i'm going to answer it as um of not including the ducks actually I'll, I'll include the ducks right now of all the team's current jerseys and my favorite jersey is going to be the colorado avalanche it's a reverse retro they're nordiques or not yeah they're they're kind of like throwback reverse retro of the nordiques i think it's they did everything right on that jersey. It's beautiful. I, I, I own the jersey, a uh, Kale McCarr one. It looks nice. I, I bought a, a, a custom-made tank top with that logo and that, their dual jersey scheme on it. I think that's one of the – that is the best jersey in the league right now if you include all the jerseys. Um, hopefully the Ducks realize they're having a bad team and they'll go and just do a, a throwback jersey for the fans. It, it increased their sales, I think. I've said before – You'd have fans of other teams buy that jersey if they just bring back that old school Mighty Ducks logo, the eggplant, even the even the away white color. Actually, it wouldn't be away because things are different back then. But the white color eggplant, I don't care what you do, just bring it back. It'd be a hit. Everyone would be happy, and you guys would make a lot of money. So if you guys are listening to any Ducks representatives of sales, that was my idea. So if you want to shoot me a percentage of it or just shoot me a couple jerseys, that'd be fine. But man, but yeah, as of right now, minus the Ducks, I want to say that uh, that Colorado Reverse Retro is my favorite. Yeah, I love that one. That's the one I was referring to. Yeah, that that one is spot on. Um, I do like the Vegas Knights third one, but now that they screwed up Flurry, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I was almost gonna buy that jersey, and now I'm not. So screw Vegas. You I do like the Nordiques old school jersey, like like way back that dark that dark blue colored one. I, I like that one a lot. Like I probably would like. I, I was hoping the Avalanche would go that route, but what they did it was, it was still good. But that Nordiques one is it, still it's still great. It's still good. The Hartford Wills one too. I like Carolina's like that little whale on the, on the patches too. It, it's clean. Yes. It's crisp. It's awesome. And I know I'm gonna get a lot of hate for saying this, but. 
That that uh, L.A. Kings purple and gold one they have, I think that's Chris. It's, it's really good too. It, it sucks to say that I like a Kings jersey, but it, it was that, it, they did a good job. It, they did a really good job on the reverse retro too. So, but I, I, it's not my favorite. I'm just saying they did a good job. I would never wear it unless I lost a bet. Yeah, I mean, I like that one because it's also old school Laker colors, you know, even though I don't like the Kings, but I mean, I, I feel you on that. And uh, yeah, for sure with the Ducks, if it was any kind of Mighty Ducks thing, obviously ESPN said, hey, we're the Anaheim Mighty Ducks on the on the freaking expansion draft show. So, hey, you're not going to change the name, but why not you know, do this? We, we even talked about this with Mike on his Seattle show. We were talking about the jerseys, uh, how we've thrown out these ideas before, and it's like they could totally do it. And I think... You know, I do like the Ducks orange jersey with the, the Mighty Ducks um, logo and stuff. But like you talked about, if they're not going to bring it back as the main jersey, you know, fine, whatever. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. But if you're going to do another third one, do it, you know, with the original Mighty Ducks colors. Not, not the 25th anniversary where it was all kind of like weird with sharp kind of color tinge into that. I mean, I like that one. But do it like the old school colors. And, and like you said, I think purple... Uh, as the main color on that third, if they were going to do it, that would be oh like, yeah, pretty. Sick hopefully, it. we can always like put our fingers crossed. Uh, hopefully, they uh, hopefully the NHL brings back a, a full just a retro jersey to include that. That'd be great. It, I, I heard rumors too that they're going to include the uh, reverse retros next season because they didn't. It was a shortened season. They didn't have any fans in the arena until until later. So they want fans to kind of experience that. They want to kind of boost their profits. Of course, it's all that's all what it's about. It's not about the the fans liking the jerseys. It's about profits. But they're gonna have the reverse retros next season. They're gonna have the alternate third, the home and away. I just really hope we can see like just a full on retro jersey from each team. Uh, Vegas, they could bring on old school Wranglers jersey. Seattle can I don't know. They can bring on um, what's the the Seals jersey like as, as an old school retro. Or something like that. I think that'd be kind of cool. Oh, for sure. Uh, definitely any of those. I, I like those retro jerseys. All those are, are a good idea. You know, I, I think they were good last year. And yes, they the Ducks need to use it. Because I think they only played like two games with it this last season. So, all right. Uh, we're, we're finally towards the end. <laughs> this was one of our longest shows. We had a lot to talk about. A lot of stuff to cover. We kind of waited till everything was done. Um, so we'll see when the next show comes. Hopefully, like we said, the Ducks do something, uh, make some kind of moves or something between now and then. Uh, but uh, we'll probably have another show before the end of the month, and uh, we'll get back into our regular flow when the season starts for sure. So thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and let's go Ducks.